Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. This is Rachel King. I'm the CEO and founder of Pod People. We're the on-demand workforce for audio production. I am based in the Fairfax district, I guess one of the biggest ones is that I have a tendency to just jump in headfirst and assume that I can do whatever the task is at hand on my own, which is in some ways a good characteristic, right? Like it has made me borderline fearless and willing to take on challenges and all of that is good. But definitely something that has been a hindrance is not asking for help when I need it. I mean, I'm the I'm the first to admit if I don't know something, like I'll tell you straight up. But then when it comes to executing, I'll just try and do everything myself instead of, you know, delegating and pulling in help. So we just went through the Techstars program in Los Angeles, and that was hugely helpful in two ways. One, teaching me how to delegate through, you know, all the folks we worked with in the program and specifically a coach who, like an executive coach who helped me think through that on like a therapy level, (laughs) you know, like, why do you do that? And here's, you know, cognitive behavior therapies to fix that. But then also getting a team of mentors together. I've never really had formal mentors just because I was not, I don't know why. I don't know why. I never made the effort, I guess, to like go out and ask someone like, hey, I think you could really help me with X, Y, Z. You're, I'm so impressed by you. I think I could learn from you. Would you mind, you know, giving me an hour of your time every month that where I could ask you about whatever part of my career I think you could help with? And in Techstars, you're forced to do that. I mean, the first week or couple of weeks, you meet with 50 different people who have different areas of expertise. And then at the end of it, you ask the folks that you really connected with if they'll be your mentor for the program with the assumption that, you know, if it goes well, hopefully it extends beyond that program. And for me, this was the most valuable thing I got out of Techstars. I can't tell you how helpful it was to have, you know, six really smart people that I could go to and run ideas by, people who've sold companies, people who've built media companies, people who've built marketplaces, you know, all the specific things that I am looking to achieve with this. And I just am so grateful for that realization and really think that it will get us where we want to go faster and in a better way than we would have otherwise. Hi, I am Deja Williams. I am a manufacturing and quality engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory based in Los Angeles, California. So I went to college on a basketball scholarship. You know, didn't have to pay anything out of pocket, which is amazing, right? 
But then I got an opportunity to the opportunity at Anheuser-Busch that was during the basketball season. Mm. So I had a huge choice (gasps) to make. Yes. Yo, I want to know what your mom said. (laughs) Oh, my God. My mom, she was all about career, career, career. But my stepdad, he was my basketball coach growing up. So he's like, whatever you do, you need to make sure your scholarship is there when you get back. So I got, I'm getting pulled on both ends of the spectrum to be a great engineer or be a great basketball player. I talked to my coach, though, can I redshirt this year? Redshirting is when you're on the team, you practice and all that, but you don't play in the game. Can I redshirt? This is a huge opportunity. You figure I'm like 19 years old. They're offering me maybe like $22 an hour. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, I have to do this. And it's a resume builder. Like, so I don't know what to do. So I asked him, can I have my cake and eat it too? Can I stay on the team, go do the internship, come back? I promise you I'll work out, whatever. He said, no, your team needs you now. You're, this is a selfish thing that you're doing. It was really rough, but I ended up going with the internship. Left, and so no more scholarship because he didn't want me to leave. So after the internship is over, it's like, okay, what do I do now? The internship is over. I don't have my scholarship. So I had to go to my local community college, St. Louis Community College. I did play basketball there, but it wasn't obviously a university or I played NCAA Division II. What happened was that internship, I followed my gut and went with that internship. And that's what got me those other ones behind it. So it was like I that struggle of giving up you know, I, I even added it up. It was like almost like $30,000 a year. So I had finished my freshman year. So let's say 30, 60, $90,000 that I was just throwing down the drain of scholarship money for this one three to six month internship. And it worked out <laughs> because I just went with, you know, my future plans. I wanted to ask, so two questions. Do you feel the coach was right And second question, I know you said it worked out. Do you think now, all these years later, do you feel like you made the right decision? I do feel like I made the right decision. Sometimes I think about the fact that I quit and and I don't know, I didn't get to see how far I would make it as a basketball player because I had goals of playing like overseas and things of that sort. So sometimes I think about that, but I do feel like I made the right decision because First of all, basketball was breaking my body down. And I can I can help more people. You know, not everybody plays basketball, but everybody has to take a math class. Literally every single person has to take a math class. So I'm happy with my decision and, and how much I can give back now. Hi, I'm Sheena Brady, and I'm the founder of TST and Founders Fund. We believe in investing in yourself and your well-being while investing in women around the world. And I'm based in Ottawa, Ontario. Yeah. So when I started TST seven years ago, I didn't even know what a social enterprise was. Like, again, like I was very ignorant about like what it meant to be an entrepreneur and like all these different terms that exist in the entrepreneurial space and the type of businesses that you could have. But I did know that due to my own like challenging upbringing, it was important for me to combine my passion with purpose when it came to entrepreneurship, which obviously is the whole point of a social enterprise. I just didn't know that that's what that meant. And so for me, like what that looked like, you know, growing up, I endearingly call myself white trash, just so we're on this, (laughs) we're clear. (laughs) Um, I say that endearingly. (laughs) 
I'm the first person in my family to graduate high school, let alone go to college. I did grade nine math three times before I even went to college, came from an uneducated family. I was terrible in school. My parents had me at a very young age. My mom had me at 17. I kind of look at that experience as, you know, we were both growing up together at the same time in a lot of ways. Like I was growing up as a child while she was growing up through adulthood. You know, she chose to have me instead of finish high school, right? And so that led to its own complicated challenges. And, and at, you know, I genuinely believe that my mom did the best she could with the experience and knowledge and what resources she had. But at the end of the day, you know, there, there were many moments where I didn't necessarily feel like I had the best support system. And my parents had split up before I was even a year old. And so I got so used to taking care of myself from an early age and kind of carving my own path. And then sure enough, once I became an entrepreneur, it was no different, right? I didn't have a support system then either. I wasn't involved in any communities of entrepreneurs. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to go find one at that time. Like I was in my little hospitality bubble for so long, right? Which is a, a different world, different industry. So I just kind of figured out everything on my own through trial and error and it sucked. And when I did figure things out little by little, you know, it just became so important to me. And I actually believe that inherently we have this in our DNA as uh, entrepreneurs to want to pay our success forward. Mm -hmm. I really do believe most of us carry that together. And so when other people specifically, you know, women identifying entrepreneurs, they would have questions challenges or anything like that, I would just be like, I want to help you. I want to support you. If I can help save you an expensive mistake, or if I can help introduce you to someone, a connection that might help, you know, support your business in any way, like I, I want to be that doc connector. And, and that just became something I was very passionate about early on, you know, when I was navigating my own challenges through my business. And so that's where TC had this element of giving back from day one. And so at first it was, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I had this like romantic idea of every month supporting a different women-led organization dedicated to supporting women, obviously. The challenge was with that is that, you know, every month I was trying to form a new relationship with someone. Right. And how do you make that meaningful and impactful when every month it's another organization? And then further to that, it's one thing to donate your time or your money to an organization. But then if you don't know what the impact is, like, where does it go? It starts to, and who is it helping? It, start, right. it started to feel really transactional. So probably about four or five years in, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of amazing organizations that they're doing incredible things. But in my experience, you know, being the donor, whether it was time, money, or, or product or a combination of all three, it just felt transactional. It didn't, it didn't have a lot of meaning because I didn't understand where it was going. And at the end of the day, our customers are the ones at TST. They deserve the story. They deserve to know it's their money, right? At the end of the day, it's like not money from my personal pocket. It's money from right. the business, from my customers. And I wanted to be able to better explain to them like how we're creating an impact. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.